So we have, I think, a little bit of a tough one today, but oh boy. it's very interesting. So it's, can you ask someone to be more feminine? Hi, girls. Been listening to and enjoying your podcast. I'm in a dilemma for a while now, and I'm not sure how to handle things anymore. My daughter told me she was gay when she was about 12 years old, and I freaked out within me, but was understanding and supporting and hoping that it was a phase and she'll grow out of it. She's 23 now and is dressing totally boyish, saying that that is what she's comfortable with wearing, and it's not about me and what makes me comfortable. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to What's Up, Cuz. I'm your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Lisa Velastro. And we've got another great episode for you this week. Thank you guys so much for emailing in your questions. If you want to email us, it's whatsupcuzpod at gmail.com. So before we get into our fan emails, uh, Lisa, what's new? What's going on? So I had a crazy week because my daughter turned 18 this week. And all I could say is I woke up that morning and the first thing I do in the morning is I grab my phone and I have a cup of coffee and I go through any emails that came in. And uh, what is the first email that popped up? is from our um, pediatrician's office. Oh, really? Stating that I am no longer allowed to go under my daughter's patient portal because now she's a legal adult. Wait, really? Yeah. That's actually so funny. They notified you immediately. Can you imagine? They were like, like don't even try. But happy can, birthday, Sophia. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this is what I'm waking up to? This is funny. Okay. So I was like a little bit taken back. At least they're organized. I, I know. That part's good. <laughs> like You're like, well, you guys are on top of your stuff. So. It's crazy, but I did not expect that. But, you know, when I sat there and in reality, it's like my daughter is a legal adult. Uh-huh. Like that is scary. Uh-huh. I, I still can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and to wake up to that email was like a slap in the face. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. She has to now add you on every medical thing. Yeah. For you to even be allowed to like help with making an appointment exactly and, yeah. and when she went for her physical she had to sign a paper giving me consent uh-huh. i'm like what uh-huh she's on her own that's how it works well let me tell you something else i found out and this is to all the parents out there that have children that are going to college um so this is very interesting did you know that once your child turns 18 and they're off to college there is a special paper that they have to sign with the lawyer um, consenting that God forbid they're away and something God forbid happens and they end up in the hospital and they're, you know, non-responsive or something. The doctors legally still don't have a right to speak to about their their medical stuff. Really? Unless this paper is signed. Well, I know when I went to college, there was an interesting thing of like you could either stay on your family's insurance mm-hmm. or get on like the school's insurance is automatic for all the students. So some students, I had a couple of friends that they were like, well, the insurance here was better. So I like opted in to get on this one. Uh, so but either way, I think you still had to sign that paper. But it's interesting to be like, I'm on my parents insurance, but they still can't look or oh, do oh, anything, yeah. especially in an emergency. situation. Exactly. And in that in that email that was sent to me, it did state but I am responsible for financial bills. Like, okay, I can't go into my daughter's medical records, but I still have to pay for her medical bills. Mm-hmm. Come on. What that kind of sense does that make? That is how it works. I I mean, it sounds like she signed the paper. She I'm did. Guessing, no, but... my daughter, trust me, my daughter needs me. <laughs> <laughs> she needs me. 
when uh when she was going to her physical she's like aren't you gonna come with me i'm like yeah i'm definitely coming with you like she wanted me to come and then last minute something came up i'm like you might have to go on your own she's like what do you mean (laughs) i'm like i'm sorry but you might have to go on your own yeah so she was like upset about it but you know what i just i just can't believe that i have a legal adult living with me right now well i was gonna say I, at first I, I thought that email was gonna say she can't come here anymore because uh. she's 18 because <laughs> i went i went to my pediatrician until i was 16 i remember driving there and really? then i was like yeah maybe i shouldn't uh, be coming here <laughs> anymore well believe it like- or not our pediatrician takes the kids up until they graduate college well that's nice i mean i yeah. think most people do end up doing that yeah we love our pediatrician so i'm so happy that you know, she does that because she's been with us since my kids were born. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I loved mine and then he retired. And then so I got like there was a new woman there and I did like her at first, but then I was getting older. And then I remember like, the, actually, we talked about this on an episode recently, the HPV vaccine mm-hmm. came out and like all my friends are getting it. So I just asked her about it. And I asked her with my mom there. Like I was, yeah. you know, I was like, everybody's getting this vaccine. Like, should I get it? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And she was very judgmental and she was very like, well the only way you can get HPV is by having sex or sharing needles. And I was like, yeah, okay, but, but everyone's you- like getting it for the future. Cause I was like, I have to come back every six months. Like, yeah, you didn't answer my question. Yeah. Like I was just like, <laughs> okay. Like I just felt like she's being very judgy or also I was like, Oh, you're talking to me like I'm 12. I'm like, I am like going to college. I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm hitting those years that I was like, yeah, it's not happening right now. Like when my mom left the room, that little section where they're like, okay, is there anything you want to ask me and talk to me about? Like uh-huh. your mom's gone. And I remember straight up going, listen, okay, I'm not having sex. I was like, I don't have time to have sex. And she's always around. I was like, see, she goes with me everywhere. <laughs> like, like, I was like, I don't know when I would. I said, I don't have a boyfriend. I was like, but I go someday I might. Yeah. I was like, so if this is like a protective thing for someday, I was like, I'm interested. Exactly. And she still was just very like judgy. And that was the appointment that after I was like, yeah, I think I'm like a little too old to go time to the pediatrician. Time to find a new doctor. You know? Yeah. No, I see. That's why I love my pediatrician because See, I'm a very, I'm an open book in this house. Mm -hmm. I'm very blunt, whether it's going to embarrass you or not. Trust me when I tell you, because sometimes my husband looks at me and cringes with the things that come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. But I do it purposely because I want my kids to feel comfortable talking around me. And my pediatrician is the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're definitely on the same wavelength. Like, is it basically like, look, you should say something if things are happening? Yeah, definitely. Like I took my son for his physical and my older son and listen, he's going to be, you know, 17 years old very soon. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't born yesterday. I know what happens. (laughs) And uh, I even I turned around to him with with the pediatrician in the room and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to step out because I know my my son, even though I'm very blunt with Mm -hmm. them, my son is very private. I said, I'm going to step out of the room because, you know, we're reaching of ages where things happen. And I think you need to sit down and have a talk with him now. <laughs> <laughs> so and I did and I did. And, you know, everything, you know, was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it depends. It depends. I, uh, you know, I actually remember in college was the first that like when I went, they were I went in for something. I think I had like a UTI and so I got whatever medication and then they asked me they're like have you been to a gynecologist yet and I was like no and they were like oh New York State just changed the law and you like should go for an exam at mm-hmm. 18 and they asked me like have you ever been on birth control all this stuff and I was like no but I wanted to get on it because I had 
awful periods. Yeah. They were so bad and I was be in so much pain and I was playing college basketball. I was like, I can't yeah. just be like out of mm-hmm. a game because I can't move, you know? Exactly. Um, so I actually in college got on the pill and didn't tell my mom because I was like, let me try it for uh-huh. a bit and see if it does anything. I was like, let me see if it does, makes yeah. it better. So I did. I got on it for like two months. It was better. And then I was home. And then of course I needed to refill the prescription and I was so nervous of like, it would get messed up if I didn't, you know, start taking it right away or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I'm like, I need to go to like Rite Aid to renew a prescription. And she's like, oh, I'll, I, you know, I'll go get it. Like, what? Like, oh, and boy. I was like, no. And then she sent my dad to go pick it oh, up. Oh, boy. And my dad came home and he was like, and he's, you know, a dentist. So he's familiar. He's like, he's like, what's, who's this birth control for? And I was like, oh, it's, it's mine. And he just oh, looked at me and I was God. like, it's, it's for my period. It's not, it's not for the other thing. But I was just like, my God, I can't get away with anything. Not in an Italian household. I'll tell you that much. No, never. But then I was like, look, I'm like, it made my periods better. Just, and my mom just looked at me. She goes, you know, just know, you know, this is not like a plan A thing. Like you better be using other protection exactly. if you are. And I was like, yeah, it's a, you know, a super backup plan. But, exactly. But that's, that's a fun day. I went to the gyno for the first time. Um, in college and then I remember my sister's five years younger so my mom like took her but not for like a full exam or anything yeah and we'll never forget we're like she goes with my sister I went in by myself and then after we're like all in the car and, but I see Carla walk out and her, she's like so embarrassed but I'm like <laughs> what happened and we get in the car and my mom my mom's like laughing and I'm like what happened she's like well Carla was mad she's like I didn't know they like touch your boobs like <laughs> you didn't tell me what's gonna happen in there <laughs> like and I just was like, well, yeah, welcome to womanhood, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Actually, I, I sent Sophia to the gynecologist for the first time because I just wanted her to establish a doctor and, you know, get an exam prior to her leaving for college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had found a really nice younger doctor because, you know, you have to establish a relationship. And she was a female and she said she was great. And, you know, I'm like, well, what kind of exam does she give you? She's like, honestly, she just checked my boobs. She yeah. said she needed, she needed to do anything else. I'm like, okay, well, at least you have a doctor just in case you need anything. Right, exactly. I know, it's just, just another yearly exam we got to go through. Exactly. Fun, fun. But I know, it's crazy. 18. I'm turning 30 this week, actually. Oh, happy and, birthday. Crazy? Yeah, and I was like, that feels very weird to say. <laughs> I was like, well, I was 22 five minutes ago. I'm like, what happened? Wow, I remember my 30th birthday. What did you do? Anything special? My husband actually threw me a surprise party. Oh, really? And I hate to say this, but that was probably the last time that I ever got drunk. Really? That's how bad it was that I said I would never get like this again. Oh, okay. Like drink like more than a couple drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I've never been a big drinker and it's, I feel like it's like once a year. Neither am I. I'm not a big drinker, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, the atmosphere. I was out for the night with my husband. We had gotten a hotel room and Mm -hmm. never again. And now I'm 41 (laughs) and I could tell you since then, I've never gotten drunk like that. Yeah, that happened to me. Um, It was a couple weekends ago because it was one of the first warm weekends. Mm -hmm. And so our friends were like, oh, let's go just like have some drinks. But, you know, you go out when it's nice out, it's like 4 p.m. And then all of a sudden it's like 8 p.m. And you're like, we are pretty drunk. We're like, how did that happen? It's like, yeah, because we've been inside for a year. Exactly. Doing nothing. But it's always the hangover after that day. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be good for a while. Like, no desire. It just kills it. No, I don't. I can't do that. I I need to keep my body healthy. Um, all right. Well, let's get to some emails. Uh, but thank you guys so much for emailing in. If you want to email the podcast, it's what's up cause pod at gmail.com. That's what's up cause P O D at gmail.com. 
So we have, I think, a little bit of a tough one today, but oh boy. it's very interesting. So it's, can you ask someone to be more feminine? Hi, girls. Been listening to and enjoying your podcast. I'm in a dilemma for a while now, and I'm not sure how to handle things anymore. I'm of Indian descent, and we are very conservative in our culture. We are a very big, close, and supportive family. My daughter told me she was gay when she was about 12 years old, and I freaked out within me but was understanding and supporting and hoping that it was a phase and she'll grow out of it. She's 23 now and is dressing totally boyish, saying that what that is what she's comfortable with wearing, and it's not about me and what makes me comfortable. She graduated now and she started teaching, and I'd like her to look more professional and feminine to an extent. I love my child dearly. How do I support and love her but not be critical and offensive about her dressing? Her hair was long but was shaved off after a horrific accident in December 2019 where she sustained injuries to her head and broken and a broken femur. She's a walking miracle and I don't want something so petty, superficial, and trivial to overshadow the great blessing of her existence, uniqueness, and just being alive and with us. I don't want people to judge or discriminate against her. How do I handle this? It's affecting our relationship and would love to be able to meet her where she's at. Thank you. And I'll leave the name off. That's a, that's a you know, that's actually an emotional question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listening to you read it, I was kind of saying, you know, I was trying to put myself in those shoes, which again, it's hard to do that when you're not in that position. But I could tell you what I was feeling as you were reading it is, if that was ever my child, I have to be honest, I would embrace it. Yeah. I would embrace it because what would mean the most to me is the way my child feels and her feelings would come before anything and whoever around it couldn't accept it, then they were secondary. Mm-hmm. And and I would be there to support my child. You have to realize, you know, being gay is something that I believe, my belief is you're born that way. And if this is how you want to live, who am I to judge you? Mm-hmm. You're still my child. What happens behind closed doors is your business. And I'm there to support you. And the more comfortable I make my child feel, the better our relationship would be. Yeah. And born this way, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, people weren't coming out of the closet till like after high school. Mm-hmm. And now that it is more accepted everywhere, which is great and it should be. It's like, yeah, your daughter told you at 12. And it's like, yeah, that's the age where you start having crushes. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, she was having crushes on other girls, not other boys. Yeah, and and more power to her that she had the guts to say something. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to take that and and establish what a strong person she is Mm -hmm. and worry about your, your daughter's feelings and nothing else. And if she feels comfortable dressing more masculine or... And this day and age, is there really a sense of masculine and feminine? And everyone dresses the way they want to dress. Yeah, no. I mean, and I understand the culture thing because, listen, we come from a very Italian family. Mm-hmm. But I could be honest with you that if any of my children ever come out and tell me they're gay, my kids' feelings are going to come first. And yeah. if the family can't accept it, well, then there's the door because mm-hmm. this is my child. You hurt my child, you hurt me. Yeah, or it's like, since she's the mom, it's like you're feeling pressure from the generation above you, most likely, of like, this wasn't around for them, and they might be the ones saying the things, and so you're sitting there being like, how am I going to explain it to them? There's no like, explanation. There's like, This is the, this is what it is, <laughs> Yeah, and this is 2021, mm-hmm. and 
if this is what makes my child happy, I accept it. And if let's just say we're talking about grandparents, let's just say the grandparents don't accept it. Well, then I'm sorry. My child comes first. Yeah. And that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, of like I've been I've actually been in this uh, position a little bit of the whole not being super feminine because I just never was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I would butt heads with my mom because she would get frustrated of like, can you please just put on a dress like kind of thing? And it would bother me because I would just be like, yeah. I just don't want to. Yeah. Like I'll wear one when I need to, but I don't if I don't want to wear it, I don't want to wear it. Exactly. Like, and it's kind of this like push pull. And especially there was a line in here. She said like part of her was hoping it was a phase. That's something that a lot of my gay friends have said to me like, when they first came out to their parents, they're like, they think it's a phase. Yeah. And they're like, and I'm being serious. And then that was another, like, you know, battle, basically, the, for most of their life. Listen, it, there's no such thing as a phase when it comes to this. Yeah. You know, if you if a child has the guts enough to come approach you with something like this, it's not a phase. It's Mm-mm. serious. So the best thing to do is when your child feels comfortable coming out to you is embrace it and make them feel comfortable because... What they just probably did was the hardest thing that they've ever had to do. Yeah, definitely. And the thing of her saying professional clothing, I'm like, do you just mean dresses or do you mean professional clothing? Because professional clothing could be pants too. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I knew many people that it wasn't like they weren't feminine at all. But it's like, yeah, not every woman wears a dress every day or, you know, whatever, like flowers or, you know, like I'll wear dresses, but I'm not like a flower print person. It's just not like my vibe, you know. Listen, in this situation, you got to put life into perspective. And, you know, it seems to me like she wants to have a relationship with her daughter. Mm. So so what's more important to you, the way your daughter dresses or to have a relationship with her? Yeah, exactly. And I'm yeah. like, and if you want her to like maybe just wear like a nicer clothes, you could offer to take her shopping, but ask her where she shops. Exactly. Be like, where do you like to shop? Where where do you like to buy work clothes? Like J. Crew is very, you know, any preppy place is yeah. usually also actually a little bit more masculine. A lot of button downs, a lot of slacks, mm-hmm. like cute chinos, like, but let her shop how she shops and just be there and be cool about it. Exactly. You know? Don't try to change her. She's no. who she is and, and she's a she's her own personality. No, yeah, you can't. But you know, thank you for emailing the podcast though. So Yeah. And if anybody else wants to send us an email, it's what's up pod at gmail dot com. That's what's up pod at gmail dot com. Um, we have time for like a short quick one. A lot of people have emailed in different types of questions mm-hmm. asking, How do you manage to stay in shape? Especially with having four kids. <laughs> It's hard. I'm not going to lie. It is so hard. Um, you know, especially when your husband owns a bakery. Let's mm-hmm. add that into the factor mm-hmm. because we are a foodie family. Yeah. What brings us together is food. And, um, you know, I go through phases. I have to be honest. Um, during this whole COVID year, I did. I did put on some weight. And I, I guess you could call it, you know, what's the name of it? COVID-19? You could call the COVID it COVID-15? Like the freshman 15? Well, the, the name of the actual virus is COVID-19. Yeah. I put on the COVID-19. Oh, okay. Or that. Yeah. Basically. So um, once I reached that breaking point, it's time that I step back and I'm like, okay, now I got to shut it all off. Mm. And I'm a type of person that I'm all in or I'm all out. Once I hit that 20 pound mark, something clicks in me and I shut it all down. And uh, that's what basically happened to me. And I have to tell you, I am like 75% there of losing my COVID-19. Damn, good for you. Um, but I do. When Once I shut it all out, I cut out all sugar. I cut out all carbs. And I 
exercise. I exercise and I'm a big cardio fan. I'm not a big weightlifter, which I know that is not the right thing to do. You know, you're supposed to lift weights. It's actually but, um, like more important as you get older. It's I a know. very interesting thing. That's what I hear. And I have to like kind of change my mindset on that a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'm an all-in person or all-out. So that's what I do. Have you been doing at-home workouts? Um, I do everything at home, yes. Have, has there been like a website or anything you like using? I'm not a website type of girl. Okay. I have to be honest. I, I know what I have to do. I'm fortunate enough to have equipment here yeah. to do it. But when I'm addicted to losing my weight, because that's what it is to me, it's once I know I have to lose the weight, it's like a little bit of a addiction. Mm-hmm. I make sure I don't go to bed until I reach my like 10,000 steps a day. If I don't, I'll walk around this house until I do. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of friends that were doing a comedian's a trainer mm-hmm. and she put a basic program together for all of them and like an accountability. And part of it was 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. And I think it was, she was like, is this just with COVID? Cause you're just not moving. Exactly. She, and one girl was like, um, she lives in like Chicago or something where it's home with her parents mm-hmm. and they were in a condo. She was walking around the parking garage. Cause she was yeah. like, I, I had to move somewhere and I'm in a small apartment. So let me tell you something years back. I want to say maybe five years ago when buddy and I filmed an RV show with the four kids, um, we were on the road for literally three weeks yeah. and I was on such a a regiment of exercise because part of the show was going to three different restaurants every single day and eating. Oh my God. Yeah. So I knew that I had to, had to exercise because, you know, the amount of calories I was taking in, I would have never ended this trip, you know, Mm. fitting into any of my clothes. So, I mean, I think most people feel like that on vacation. Exactly. Because you're eating out all the time. Exactly. But we were literally living out of an RV. Yeah. So, and driving a lot. There was no gym. Yeah. So, I would wake up at the crack of dawn in the RV park and just do laps. Yeah. Every single day till I reached 10,000 steps. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. The thing I started doing was I just started doing like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of just something. Like, it would either be like go walk for 20 minutes outside on a treadmill, something, do 20 minutes of like, trying to do simple like push-ups or yeah whatever you can do but believe it or not erica and this is something that i've learned through the years 80 percent of losing weight is what you put in your mouth that's what everything says but i'm like you need a little movement though you definitely do yeah. you definitely do but i could tell you let's just say you try it for a month with no movement and you cut down your calories and you take out all sugars and all carbs I guarantee you you'll lose weight <laughs> well i mean I don't know. everyone is always asking i think everybody's always trying something myself included so but thank you all for emailing in uh if you guys want to send us a question it's what's up cuz pod at gmail.com that's what's up cuz pod at gmail.com and uh, if you guys can leave us a review on apple Podcasts, it helps us grow but we love hearing from you guys and we will see you next week till next time guys bye, bye.